Welcome back to Held and Healed. This podcast is a resource filled with resources to help you on your healing journey. And we mainly focus on women who are rebuilding after abusive marriages, spiritual abuse, childhood abuse, etc. But we also know and acknowledge that men can be victims of abuse as well. Um, when we speak, our pronouns are typically with she being the victim and he being the abuser, but we know that that can be flipped and reversed. And so we want to honor those who are on that side as well. Today, I am honored to have a guest who is an advocate. He is a survivor and he also has authored a book recently and he speaks out very boldly against abuse, specifically within the church. So today I would like to introduce you to Patrick Weaver. Welcome, Patrick. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. Thank you <laughs> so much. Like when I reached out to you, I was like, this guy has a lot going on and I am sure he's not going to have time, but thank you so much for making time for us. Absolutely. 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 I look forward to it. So I started following your posts on Facebook probably back in June. I think our mutual friend and fellow warrior, Sarah McDougall, is the one who introduced me to you. And, <laughs> and so I don't know a lot about you. I haven't read your book yet, but it is on my list of books to buy. <laughs> so just tell us a little bit about you and why you are passionate about raising a voice against abuse. You know, for me, I was one of the... Um children of an abused parent mm -hmm. uh my mother who died three years ago at 94 mm. uh was a part of that generation that went to church loyally uh, faithfully uh but the church and anything having to do with abuse was just simply off limits it was mm -hmm. it was taboo for her generation and as well obviously uh or not obviously but as well, her generation was till death do us part was literal. Mm -hmm. uh, and so there was no support. There was no help. There was no information or resources. And we endured what basically I've always said is just a living nightmare yes. uh, for all of my childhood. Mm. Uh, and so after she died, which prior I said I would not publicly speak about it okay okay uh but after she died I promised that I would not stop talking about it that uh, okay. that kind of answers because one of my ladies asked me she's like where did he come from <laughs> because, like we did it we did it really but that makes so much sense it's only been mainly in the last what three years that you've yes. really okay okay Yes. At conferences or otherwise where I would not be recorded. Okay. Because she, she follows every, she followed everything I did. Oh, yes. Uh, <laughs> As proud mamas would. Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh, so yes. You, wanted, you wanted to honor her by. Waiting. Yes. Oh, wow. Okay. That makes so much sense. I'm in, a, I'm in a similar situation myself where I do not share my story publicly. Okay. Because okay. because of my sons, it's kind of the reverse, you know? Yeah. yeah and so, yeah. yes, I understand that completely. I honor that. And wow. And what a platform God has now given you. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 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 as you said, none of us who are advocating uh, are without some exposure or experience. Wow. So you were 
at the time, like even three years ago, you were a pastor at the time. Yes. And then all of a sudden you start coming out publicly and speaking out against abuse. Did your platform just explode? It did. You, did you, you know, it's interesting because I've always spoken to the churches about it. I've always been very, very um, raw, mm -hmm. uncut when it comes to uh, my peers and and even uh, Sunday sermons. I, I don't I don't leave it out. Okay. But when it became more so public, what I found is that many who were silently suffering had silent permission mm -hmm. to yeah. speak up, speak out, say something. And wow. so I discovered a lot of folk who were near <laughs> to mm -hmm. the ministry, followers of the ministry, were uh, silently suffering. Yes. Yes. So let's back up a little bit. That just gives some clarity because we're all like, where did this guy come from? <laughs> He's like, I, I discovered you in June and I'm like, you have 70,000 followers on Facebook. I'm like, apparently somebody has gotten the word out about this guy. So, yes. so just tell us a little bit. You do not have to go into gory details. We actually discourage gory details because we don't want to trigger people. Right. But just give us like a framework of what it was like growing up in that household. Was she... Um, were you an only child? Were there other siblings? Where were you in the birth order? Because I know that yeah. was a large part in your role in the family. Absolutely. I was the youngest of five. Okay. Uh, I, I was a menopause baby. So <laughs> <laughs> my siblings are much older than I am. Okay. And uh, by the time I was seven, they were already uh, graduating high school. The last was graduating high school. So they really didn't have the same experience as I did. And I say that to siblings all the time. Yeah. Um, everyone does not experience the same war, even though they may have grown up in the same house. Right. And so yeah. I was alone with my mother uh, and she and I were the ones who uh, experienced the brunt of it uh, from really age six to uh, 15. Okay. Now, is he still living? He died when I was 18. Okay. Okay. Because that was another part of my question. It's like, how do you do this? And like, oh, protect your safety. And yeah. Not yeah. Okay. So he, he passed away. Okay. So you endured that with your mama. And then um, what was life like for you? So this was going on. Was he part of the church? <laughs> no. Okay. It was, it was, it was interesting as our small community, um, you know, it was no secret as mm -hmm. to his behavior because it was not only behind closed doors as many uh, uh, predators are, but it was public. So, you know, the entire town, our community knew. Mm -hmm. uh, so you could go nowhere without there being some uh, event, uh, calamity or chaos or public uh, mayhem. Mm -hmm. So... It was it was constant and never ending uh, 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 drama and you didn't know what was going to happen. And so it was like living uh, in patient of hell busting wide open. Wow. Constant. 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 The fight, the flight. The, yeah. The, yeah. The, the hormones, the adrenaline, the yeah. Wow. She must, did she suffer from chronic illness? I mean, you said she lived into yeah. her 90s. So did she yeah. have chronic health issues? My mother 
was the opposite, I think, of what we would expect a, mm-hmm. an abuse victim to be. But she's actually typical. Um, she was an educated uh, individual, uh, a school teacher. Um, it overwhelmed by depression. She stopped working when I w- when I entered uh, the first grade, the second grade, um, and dedicated herself to ensuring that I would have at least someone home when I was home. Yeah, yeah. She that took- was her. That was her life. Yeah. And she took care of you. And those of us mamas who just did the best that we could we we were there to protect our kids right. and we were there to keep them safe and to love them and that they at least knew that we were available but we were under this dark cloud of depression and sadness and yes to this to this day when my kids hear me um when they hear me laugh it makes them uncomfortable because they're just <laughs> not used to it and i'm like boy right. you just got to get used to this because this is your mama as she was before and this is your mama as she was created to be so i'm sorry if my cackle makes you uncomfortable right like, you're going to hear your mama laugh because for the first time in my life I now know what joy and peace feel like. Right. And right. I'm telling you what, those are really good friends to keep around. Yes. And I yes. don't want to give those girls up. So those mamas who were there and available and accessible, like we did the best we could and we do not need to beat ourselves up. No, or um, apologize. No, no we no. don't. But it is sad when I know that my kids saw a very depressed mama and a very sad mama and a very angry mama who would a lot of times just be short fused with them because of what was going on over here. Right. So um, those are the things that I'm sorry about and, and, right. sad, and sad about. But so she she just sounds like an amazing human being. And, amazing. Yes. Yeah, strong. So at what point... Um, like you're saying all the community and everybody knew what was going on, but nobody really did anybody intervene or step in and, and speak up on your all's behalf. Never once mm. that, that whether it be church community mm. or family, her siblings all lived uh, within five miles. So mm-hmm. uh, there was no intervention. There was no stepping up. There were, no dinners on the many, many hungry nights that we had. Wow. Um, we, we were extremely poor and I won't, and I'm not referring to just simply not having lunch money. Yeah. Uh, my mother literally did all that she could to keep something in the house, but there were many nights that she couldn't. Mm-hmm. And as I said before, despite family, church, all being uh, in close proximity. Uh, she was never supported. Not once. Mm, that's that's tragic. Yeah. That's absolutely unacceptable. And what I say, and I mean with all my heart, is people's silence to me, it speaks their agreement that they're okay with that. Yeah. And, and you know, that it may not be, it may not be what they're trying to communicate, but if you do not intervene and you do not say this is not okay, then I think you agree with what's going on here. Yeah. And I, and I can definitely tell you as a child, that is the only perception that is rational. Yeah. 
because we'd have family come over, uh, come from their vacations, uh, fly into San Francisco airport and on their way to, you know, their hotel suite, uh, they'd stop by <laughs> casually uh, in the midst of it mm-hmm. and act as if they were in Palm Springs just sitting by a pool right. and, and hear no evil, see no evil, uh, speak no evil. Yeah. Wow. And that is what we're not going to do any longer. Your voice, my voice, the voices of so many. Um, I was watching a vigil last night that called to peace uh, ministries uh, put on and they were honoring victims and survivors. Yes. And the thing that really, really hit home for me is as they were reading the name of the survivors, I knew so many of the women whose names they were reading. And most of those women are now advocates. Most of those women are now speaking out on behalf of, and that is the ripple effect of redemption going on and on and on where we come out of the fire, but we are not content to just be out of the fire. Right. Reach back in and pull our sisters out that are still back there. So, right. I see this amazing army that is rising up. We're calling it a church without walls because many of us who were abused were also spiritually abused. Yes. And we no longer feel safe in traditional churches. And there is this beautiful movement of um, people that are just rising up to advocate for, speak for, and to love on survivors. Yes. And that's the, that's the gospel going out. That's the hands, the feet, and the heart of Jesus. That's real church. That is real church. Real church. That's yeah. real church. <laughs> that's not like yeah. come together, sing a few songs, read a couple of scriptures, yeah. go, go home and live like hell after you've pretended yeah. for an hour. <laughs> I don't want any part of that. I just I know. don't want any part of that. I, don't I want know. I know. And we're just <laughs> steeped in it. It just mm-hmm. boggles the mind that with as many who are in the vineyard, the, 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 you know, the, the, uh, the uh, laborers are so few, mm. e- even though the vineyard is right in front yes. of them. Yes. Uh, victims and this epidemic demanding for church of all places to be a refuge. Mm. Mm. Uh, but it goes on about business as usual. Yeah, it does. It does. And what do you think as a leader, as someone who's probably had a lot of contact with other spiritual leaders, and I'm sure you have probably debated and had leaders who disagree vehemently with you. What do you think are some of the main reasons that spiritual leaders do not want to go here? What do you think are the things that keep them back from even wanting to, first of all, admit this is a problem, and then secondly, do anything about it? Honestly, I believe that the the average church is ran by a, an abuser oh, uh, I agree. to one degree or another mm. in one way or another mm-hmm. this subject becomes more of an indictment self-indictment mm-hmm. and so they stay away from it mm-hmm. and they because preach all they, around it yeah if they preach against it then they may be absolutely. preaching against themselves yeah absolutely Absolutely. I mean, that's what I believe. I wasn't sure that's where you were going to (laughs) go. But, but, and I've seen it and I've seen it. Yes. There is so much spiritual abuse and spiritual narcissism. And I don't, I don't believe that all pastors or many pastors get into the ministry to become abusive. I just think it's part of a system that changes people very quickly once they have that power and control. 
I, I, I do too. And, and, and since, you know, traditional religion has at its root the, the habit and tradition of deifying mm-hmm. and um, elevating men to yeah. levels inappropriate, yeah. uh, unholy. Yes. And I don't think any are equipped to assume those false roles. Mm-hmm. And so they take on false identities. Yes. And yeah. and that person who tries to walk on water, be God, mm. live up to the deification, um, I think is almost uh, groomed to be a narcissist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I think that I connected you with Neil Shorey and... Um, I, I also really have a lot of respect for Jimmy Hinton, yeah. Dale Ingram. Like when I find leaders who are truly servant leaders who really care about the oppressed, I will, I will highlight them and I will honor them because they do exist. They're just harder to find. Yeah. And Jim, we all say that we, <laughs> we, we all say that, uh, the male voices are harder to find. Mm-hmm. And we talk about that a lot uh, mm-hmm. in terms of just the infrequency. Uh, despite the fact you would, you would expect and hope that there would be many men who honor, respect God's daughters. You would mm-hmm. think many men mm. would be advocating uh, but sadly, there, there, there's relatively a few. Yeah, there are in comparison, in and, comparison, in comparison to how many women are speaking out. And yes. I think it's Missy Burns that says that the online communities are primarily pastored by women, you yes. know, and, you know, I didn't necessarily set out to, and I don't call myself a pastor and I don't want to step on anybody's toes with that, you know, whatever, but I am a leader of women who are survivors, whatever you want to call that. (laughs) And, and my group right now, just last week hit over 800 people. Yeah. It's, and we are more of the church to one another than any church that I have ever gone into and sat in a seat in. And you, because you are, you're the living epistle. Mm-hmm. You become the heart mm-hmm. and hand of Jesus. Mm-hmm. It becomes tangible, real. Mm-hmm. It be it 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 is what church was intended to yes. be. Yes. And I believe that uh, uh, many of the leaders, uh, many of the women-led ministries, are going to become the largest ministries mm-hmm. because of the issues that are being dealt with. Yeah. The real, real, the real issues mm-hmm. that are being dealt with and the issues that are being ignored inside of the four walls. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we also know that time, you know, time yeah. is short. And as we are becoming more and more aware of the numbers and, you know, this one in three thing, I just, I scoff at that. I know that's reported. I know that's physical, sexual reported incidents, but you and I both know that when you take the Duluth power and control wheel, or you take the 13 patterns and systems of abuse that Sarah teaches, you and I both know that in church, those numbers are staggeringly higher. 
Absolutely. When you have a culture that is prime for patriarchy and misogyny and power over women, you and I know that there are so many more than one in three women who are experiencing these patterns and systems. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I wouldn't even want to speculate, but I, my heart tells me it's at least 75%, at least. I, I, I would, I would agree. And, and, you know, <laughs> Quiet as it's kept, I think even probably more so inside of the church. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, it's a haven, uh, yeah. a den. Yes. Um, the silence breeds contempt. Yes. Yes. Another advocate sister just wrote a post yesterday that I'll send to you later. Um, I can't remember all the words, but she was saying this whole concept of religious freedom actually becomes this, this place where they can hide out. Oh, absolutely. Oh my goodness. And, and they can do all these things in the name of, and the covering of religious freedoms that are completely contrary to God's word or character. <laughs> they have absolutely. nothing, nothing to do with who God is. And absolutely. You know, absolutely. if I, if I spend every day of my life for the rest of my, the days that I have air in my lungs, like I want to help people distinguish between who God is and the horrific acts of spiritual abuse that have been committed against them in the church. Like that's not God. That's not the heart of the father. He wept when those leaders did those things to these people. Right. And I want to draw and call people back to his heart, but it's so hard for many people to distinguish between those two things. And accept. Yeah. And accept a yeah. lot of individuals are stuck behind enemy lines because They've been indoctrinated yes. um, and, and, and they're torn between the truth and the teaching. Mm -hmm. um, unfortunately, representing just the, the enormous amount of spiritual abuse that not only is, you know, person A, B or C, but whole churches are spiritually abused Absolutely. because of the doctrine, right? The theology, the right. patriarchy. Mm -hmm. It's 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 a it's an epidemic. Absolutely, absolutely, and it's not. We are here to say it's not the heart of God. The no, body. it's not. Not he at loves, all. He loves his daughters, and he wants yeah. them to be safe and well. And he loves his daughters more than he loves an institution. Like absolutely, that message, an institution that was not and is not his will for his daughter. That's right. The individual does not trump God. And that's one of the things that causes so many to uh, stay stuck behind mm -hmm. enemy lines is the belief in that lie mm -hmm. and many others. Mm -hmm. uh, but as you said, and that's also one of my drivers, I don't want a single person to believe a single lie. Mm. I say that. That's my mission. I don't want a single person to believe. I don't want one of God's daughters to believe a single lie mm -hmm. that keeps them in an abusive relationship. And we, I say this over and over, but you know, I never know if people are going to hear more than one episode. So I'll say it again. If we as loving parents hear that our daughters are experiencing 
X, Y, Z, whatever pattern or system of abuse or combination they're in. If we know that she's being cursed at and she's being degraded and she's being beaten with his fist and she's being raped, which yes, husbands can rape their wives. That's a thing, people. Right. <laughs> Do not say that her body belongs to you. That is not what that scripture believe- means. You you do not have permission to just take that from her at any time just because you're married to her. We No. So we as loving parents, we hear that that's happening to our daughters. Who that is a loving parent would say you have to go back to that. <laughs> right. Seriously. And under what Seriously. Yeah. (laughs) That doesn't make any logical sense. And then we say God, the perfect heavenly father, expects his daughters to go home and sleep with that? Yeah. That doesn't even make sense. (laughs) And and I wonder sometimes if we, some have have gone to the extent of overcomplicating the very simple truth that you just stated. I don't care if the person is a narcissist, a sociopath, or a psychopath. I don't care what their diagnosis is. I don't care what they intend to do five years from now. Right. My answer and response is, if you're being abused in any way, shape, form, or fashion that impacts your soul. Yes. And is unstoppable, and the individual is unrepentant. Yes. There is only one response. Mm. Remove yourself immediately. Your safety matters. Yes. Your safety matters and comes first. Yeah, absolutely. Period. Absolutely. Absolutely. Period. And Period. we should be saying this and yeah. it should be the message that circulates and permeates every single church. But mm-hmm. the sad part is only a few churches will dare say it. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I say the majority are spiritually abused. So I'm going to go into some waters here with you because I know you have the boldness to speak to this. What do we do? What do we do with these abusers in churches? They're non-repentant or they, they maybe show a public quote unquote repentance because anybody can turn on and turn off. You're the right, works. Right. You know, I do love Psalm 82 initiative. I don't know if you have seen yes. their letter of repentance. Um, it's basically saying, I don't have any rights to the outcome of this. Um, reconciliation is not necessarily the end goal. I basically release you to do whatever you need to do to heal. I'm not going to put pressure on you from the outside. I am owning what I've done. Like there's like seven different t- criteria in this letter. Yeah. Okay. Right. So if somebody is willing to go through all that over time and there's not forced reconciliation, that's one thing. But if somebody just gets up and cries and says, I'm so sorry, that's not enough. That isn't even the beginning. No. So what, what is your like words of wisdom? And do you, do you currently have a like traditional church or is your ministry platform mainly um, online? Both. Both. Okay. So what is your church's stance on, um, or what would you hope your church's stance would be on when you find out that someone is doing this to his wife? What do you all do with that? My position and publicly stated and published position on this is the apology is not a guarantee, nor is it a requirement of the victim. Mm-hmm. to reconcile, number mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. Number two, an individual who apologizes, repents, um, must 
then demonstrate their repentance. Mm-hmm. And my and our public um, advocacy is that demonstration of repentance is participation in and the successful completion of counseling for abusers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The counselor or individual that counsels the abuser uh, cannot be a um, individual that is not neutral. Mm-hmm. The counselor must be uh, experienced, expert in the area of abuse and trauma. Good, good. And then thirdly, the counseling is not marriage counseling. Right. Because abuse is not a relationship problem. That's right. Abuse is a behavioral problem. That's right. That's right. And putting and, and putting those two together puts her at risk of absolutely harm. unwise. It's unsafe. It's unethical. Always is. Yeah. And anytime someone is being thrown into relationship counseling because their uh, partner is an abuser, it's an abomination. Absolutely. Thank you so much for knowing that and speaking that. Whew. So important. Yeah. So- so if someone is completely blatantly not not repentant, do you ask that person to leave and not be a part of your specific fold? Yes. Good. We will err on the side of the victim. Mm-hmm. We're not the only church in the world. Right. No right. one is harmed if they have to go to another church. Right. But if we have to... Uh, and, 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 and a lot of folk think that that means you're taking sides, right? So what I do is, 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 is remove that stick by simply saying there is no side because there are other buildings. We're not disallowing or preventing the, the abuser from going to church. Right. We're saying that to create a safe environment yes, yes, for the victim, we're not going to allow you to attend the same church. That's right. So that this person who comes here to worship and to, to, to establish and cultivate, build relationship with Jesus Christ does not have to be distracted. Yes. And her children can be safe and it doesn't have to be Sunday morning drama every Sunday yeah. morning. Oh. I mean, oh. I know I know so many women who are trying right now to attend church with their abuser. I do too. And it is just there's it's no an, good it's, it's there's no nightmare. good fruit that's coming out of it. They're anxious None. and they're just they're panic attacks and the kids are not at rest. And, and they and they and they and, and even the situations where the ex is at the same church and the ex in, is, is bringing the new fuel. Oh, oh. oh it's just, it, there, there are just so many different scenarios yeah. that, as you said, we need to be very clear and we need to be very simple. Mm. Uncomplicate this drama. Mm-hmm. Remove the individual from the church. Yes. It's that simple. And then she will feel that she has an ally. She will feel protected. Right. She will know that her spiritual family has her back. Absolutely. And that's the way that it should be. 
And saying that, you know, um, there are two sides to every story. It takes two to tango. Things no. like that when there's abuse, that is not <laughs> truth. No. It only, takes, it only takes one person to destroy a relationship. Uh, absolutely. One person absolutely. to break a covenant. So we must stop putting equal blame on the victim and hold that abuser to account. And by saying you are not welcome here, that is a form of accountability. Absolutely. And, 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 and love. It is love. love because the end goal is that you want them to get right with God. You Absolutely. want their eternal soul to be saved. And if you're coddling, enabling, and crippling that abuser, they're never going to come to grips. And never, to never, yes. never. Yes. The consequences, the discipline is love. Mm -hmm. If mm -hmm. that doesn't cause the individual to take stock of themselves. Mm-hmm. Nothing will. That's right. That's right. So if 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 disciplining, removing, creating safe place for the victim doesn't encourage the abuser to take stock of themselves, then how on earth would allowing them to stay in the same church do that? And for goodness sakes, leadership positions too. Yeah. Oh. oh. <laughs> how do you feel about that? Oh. Oh, boy. I just get shivers. Yeah, I do too. How many how many people are, are leading like as pastors as the wolves. pastors? Especially I'm hearing a lot of really sad sorry stories about worship team members and worship yes. leaders. And I think there's like this egotistical thing when you're on stage. Um and you're part of the upper echelon. Yes. And people that are like slapped on the wrist and for a month or two they're asked to step down from right from you know things like adultery and right. porn addiction and i'm like a month does not fix that people no no and so churches that are more concerned about filling these public roles than they are about the heart yeah it's 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 become it, 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 you know and i'm 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 always you know the, the the caveat the disclaimer is i'm not talking about all churches sure, sure. i'm talking about the guilty ones yes yeah and that unfortunately represents a lion's share. I would definitely say it is the majority. Yeah. Uh, but this deification grooms narcissists mm. in all areas of ministry. Uh, and if the leader is even in the slightest bit an abusive or spiritually abusive individual, mm. That's going to be commonplace in the church. Mm -hmm. That's going to almost be uh, a guarantee. And it is pervasive. Mm -hmm. And I hear and speak to individuals regularly. Uh, at least 100 individuals a month. I'm sure you do. Mm. From all over the world. And... Yeah. This is probably one of the most pervasive issues mm -hmm. as it pertains to the church. There is simply a lack of guts, mm. willingness to call out this behavior and set forth what would be a effectual or effective policy with regards mm -hmm. to as you said before this individual is 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 suffering from something that isn't cured because the church decides to sit them down for a month right right 
I mean, that's how we create a safe haven for mm-hmm. uh, right. predators. When that's the right. only punishment is you're, you're not going to be able to preach next Sunday. Wow. Oh, wow. And then our children, you know, our kids are so smart and they see things a lot of times faster than we do. Oh, yeah. And they are, you know, they reach the age of adulthood and they want nothing to do with this. And I don't blame them. Absolutely. I do not blame them one iota. And I I have worked for about a decade with a youth um, camp in our community. So I've met hundreds and hundreds of local youth. And so many of those young people are not in church. So many of those young people want nothing to do. I mean, they are, they are going so far the other direction. <laughs> At I, all. My mother's heart for them just cries and bleeds and aches because I understand why they feel the way that they feel. But without your heart, there is a, an ignorance mm. um, and an arrogance mm. that will never understand their plight, never understand mm. their issue. Mm. Because the... The Pharisees will never believe that the problem is the church. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And these kids, this generation, they see it. Yeah. And they're not afraid to say it. Yeah. Yeah, they're not. They, they're loud and proud, whether it's good or bad. Absolutely. And <laughs> their faith, ugly. <laughs> and they know that their faith is not contained in four walls. Yeah. That's we, the other. We, yeah. That's the liberty that they exercise, that we we were not given that liberty, our generation. And so, you know, if we weren't in the building, (laughs) our faith wasn't real. We were going straight to hell pretty much. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. We were just lied to. Yeah. So but this but as you said, this generation is not going to be subjected to that. They're not going to tolerate it. They're not even going to allow for the hypocrisy. Right. That's right. And that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Once they, Absolutely. Shake, once they shake off all the lies and they come back to the core of who Jesus Christ is. And, you know, there are certain things that we cannot stray away from that salvation only comes through Jesus Christ. Right. And right. there are certain, there are certain absolutes we must always cling to, but so much of the fluff and so much of oh. the, the things that were made important that were not important. And I, you know, I know a lot of people who are coming out of the Pentecostal holiness and out of the Mennonite and the Amish and the old order, like all the rules and the regulations that had nothing to do with God and salvation, nothing nothing to do with God. Nothing. Yeah. And so basically what we see in a lot of those communities is you have to dress a certain way, but you can be raping children. Yeah, right. That makes, uh, there's no logic there. Again, there's no logic. No, you can, you can adhere to the ritual. (laughs) We're going to focus on what you're wearing, but we're going to call out that. Right, (laughs) right. have mercy. I know, I know. Yes. And we fill the church with this mentality and... Yeah. That's what I mean by this generation will not yes. be subjected to the ritualistic nonsense yes. that does not have anything to do with the heart. Yeah. It doesn't have anything to do with Jesus. That's right. It's all manufactured. Right. And, but as you said, some can be an adherent to the ritual. Mm. 
but be a wolf. Absolute wolf, yes. A predator. Yes. On the loose. And the church is aware. Aware and hiding it. Yes. And covering it up. Yes. 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 Because yeah. of their position or because of, of, of I, in, in many instances, it's even because of how much the individual tithes. Mm-hmm. I mean, they honor things that they, 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 they honor things above the knowledge of God, mm. creating dens for wolves. And it is something, as I said before, it's so pervasive um, and that's why I'm, 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 I'm adamant. I don't mince my words and I don't try to placate or pacify yeah. religiosity. I, I just we, simply don't. We are so grateful. We are so grateful. So I think it'll be really valuable for you to take a couple of moments. And what would you say to your sisters in Christ? So if you had the opportunity to sit eyeball to eyeball with 800 ladies in my group or 70,000 people that you, <laughs> that you <laughs> minister to, if you had that opportunity one-on-one and you knew that these sisters had endured hellacious abuse, what are the things that you would like to speak to them as a brother in Christ? You know, I, as often as, as, or I should say as rare as it is for a male, one of God's men, to actually advocate for Mm -hmm. victims of abuse. There are many of us and many more are going to be coming forward. Yes. Because what we want victims of abuse to know, survivors to know, is that God's word never permitted, allowed, or condoned the dishonoring, the abuse, or the mistreatment of women. That's right. In any context. Mm. And in fact, the Bible says that you are a man's crown. Mm. It is to be worn and displayed and adored. Mm. It is not to be abused and it's not to be uh, given even the impression that abuse is acceptable. Mm. A man should exhibit to not only his wife, but the community that abuse is not acceptable, Mm -hmm. not as a believer. Mm -hmm. And in those situations where either church or abuser has told you otherwise, it is an absolute bold faced lie, no matter what the abuse is. Mm. Mm. Um, that women, you have value and you have worth. You are seen, you are heard, you are believed. I, we can't reiterate enough how much a survivor just needs to hear somebody say, I believe you. Yeah, yeah. Those words are so, so powerful. And there are good men out there, godly men out there who are rising up, who are speaking on your behalf. And I hope and I pray that when we look back a year from now, that the efforts, especially with men voices, will just be multiplied greatly. And that we'll just see more and more men gaining the courage and the strength and 
you know, one good thing of the shakedown of 2020 and 2021 is it's exposed a whole lot of corruption within churches. Whole lot of corruption. It has oh. brought a lot Boy. of things to the surface that may have lied dormant and been hidden, but because of our, you know, situations and circumstances that we find ourselves in, a lot of really ugly came to the top. <laughs> a lot of ugly. Yeah, and a lot of people now realize, oh, we don't have to keep going to this abusive church. We have options. We don't have to keep giving our money to these people yes. that are not using our money in a good way that's honoring to God and taking care of his people. Yes. Like people's like light bulbs are going on and people are wanting to pour their their um offerings into ministries that are taking care of the broken and the weary and the oppressed. And I'm like, that's that's it. That's what it's for. That's what it's for. <laughs> we and... need to sure these women have clothing and shelter. And yes. Come on now. Yes. God's the... okay with that, people. He's okay yeah. with that. <laughs> the 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 and and the permission and yes. is 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 so important because that's what giving was for. That's right. It wasn't to build and to support these uh, heartless and yes. uh, uh, godless uh, institutions. That's right. That's so that right. they could perform every Sunday and put on a show. That's right. That's right. It was to meet the need of the broken. That's right. And those are the ministries that operate outside of the church. That's right. Most churches don't serve the brokenhearted. That's right. You Not are... even in their pews. That's, yep. So it's more than okay for you to designate your giving yes. to more than one place. That's right. That's right. And take care of, I don't know if you are one who agrees, but there's this term that I used years ago and I got laughed at, but now I'm hearing more and more people using the term spiritual widows. Oh, absolutely. And, I mean, I, I presented that to leadership probably about a decade ago and they laughed in my face yes. and I'm like, but this is a thing y'all. This is a it thing. Is. It is. It's a thing. And the I call them orphans Yes, I, 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 because it's a thing. Yes. And they don't get it. Yeah. And but we, you know, and it's one thing that I believe is true, especially, and I'm glad and I'm thankful for ministries like yours. They're not going to get it. Mm-hmm. And I think that is another truth, just like we come to about abusers. There are many churches that are mm -hmm. not going to get it. Mm -hmm. And the, this pervasive and epic problem is not addressed openly uh, by the majority. Tells us that the church would rather not the traditional patriarchal church mm -hmm. would rather not go down this road would rather not stir up any dust mm -hmm. around this subject because as you said there are a lot of skeletons we've seen in the news the whole denominations that refuse to hear and release uh permission for testimony about the abuse that has been going on in their denomination. Yeah. Yeah. This is pervasive. It is. Absolutely. It is. And, and part of me is like, oh my gosh, we're going to make some people mad. But you know what? My ministry, my platform is for the women who have suffered. Yes. <laughs> and they need to know that we have their back. 
Yeah, exactly. And, and that's if, why we can't, we have to be fearless about it. If, if there, someone, yeah. you know, happens to hear this, that is a spiritual leader that truly has the heart of God and just feels like, I don't know where to start. I don't know where to begin. We can tell you that there are ministries that will come beside you, equip you, empower you and teach you how to handle these situations and how Absolutely. to create policies. There are ministries that are doing that and doing that. Well, you are not alone. Right. So, and if you are a leader who is abusive and you don't care then we don't care if we're stepping on toes. <laughs> we do exactly. not care. We don't care. I am not here to make abusers feel comfortable. That was no. not the calling that God put on my life. <laughs> we don't care. No. And we can't care. No. Uh, no. Jesus didn't care. Jesus did not care. Uh, Jesus knew when to move on and move right. out and shake the dust off of his feet. So, right. Well, please tell us all the different places that we can find you. Tell us a little bit about your book. Oh, oh. Uh, he walks with me uh, is a simple, straightforward uh, and transformational conversation discussion with God's daughters mm. uh, about abuse. Wow. Uh, doing away with a lot of the clinical and a lot of the generic, but really amplifying the voice of the victim and mm -hmm. addressing these very topics uh, that have been, confused mm -hmm. and just enabling and allowing for a conversation with God that clearly says walk away mm. wow now do you share some of your story in that book I do okay I do I do I had I now have the ability to, <laughs> to do that so <laughs> yes okay. yes well yes. It, it will be yeah it will definitely be one that I will go grab today and I will add the link into the show notes and tell us where to find you on your website Facebook oh um patrickweaver.org okay uh my website and uh on social media uh Patrick Weaver Ministries are you on Instagram? I can't remember. Yes. Okay. Patrick Weaver right. Ministries. I know I follow you on Facebook and I don't remember if I follow you on Instagram. Yes. And um, we're getting ready to release um, what's called the Exodus Project. Um, and that's going to be, that is a global ministry for the sole purpose of providing the financial exit strategy for uh, women yeah. we're literally going to be providing the the first the last month six months rent um oh. transportation wow. food oh, wow. uh groceries we're covering her for six months oh god i could cry <laughs> wow that is powerful yeah, how, we're releasing how that in, in january world, how in the world are you going to like vet and like how do you what does your process look like for that we're going to have a committee and we're going to work through the domestic violence agencies okay uh, and shelters that are bringing the women in there is, there is a criteria mm -hmm. uh, because we don't want it to be abused obviously absolutely uh but the the crux of it is uh she is already in that transition she has um, one of the criteria is that there would have been, um, um, abuse. She, well, let me back up there. Cause I don't want to, I don't want to alienate anyone. Sure. There sure. is emotional abuse and mm -hmm. there is physical abuse. Sure. Sure. Both are accepted, mm -hmm. but the individual must leave the home. Right. Yes. Yes. They must leave the home. Sure. Um, and so. Once that occurs and they make contact, we will then set them up with 
um, uh, uh, a contact at one of the domestic violence uh, uh, agencies okay. and then set the ball in motion for getting them out immediately, providing them with the resources. And we pay directly to landlord, hotel, grocery store, et cetera. Wonderful and wise. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, I, with you, um, I'm going to be reaching out to our local domestic violence shelter because of COVID, because of everything that has been happening. No agency is really working at like their full speed right now. No. And no. so many things are different than they were a year and a half ago. So I want to get clarification of what our local resources are. And then once I have that clarity, then I'll be reaching out because I would love to help partner and connect. Absolutely. I I hope it becomes a network where we, we are like the underground railroad and we're, we're, we're freeing people and removing the barrier to freedom. Wow. That is practical boots on the ground. Boots on the ground. Yeah. Good stuff. Oh, I had no idea you guys were doing that, but that really makes me happy and comforts my heart because we need those resources. So thank you so, so much for taking time. I know these women, I shared in my group that I was going to be interviewing you today and they went crazy (laughs) (laughs) and they said, tell him, thank you for being a voice. So we do thank you. And I expect this particular episode to get more plays than any other episode that I've done (laughs) because they just appreciate so much a man and a pastor who is speaking on their behalf. And you know, it's a privilege. It's a privilege. We are so grateful for you and we will continue to pray for your ministry. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Patrick. Okay. And thank you to those who have listened today. Um, I hope that you feel encouraged and validated, seen and heard and loved that you are not alone in this journey. And ladies, as always, you're welcome to join us at Held and Healed, Christian Women Rebuilding After Abuse. Blessings to you.